0: Welcome back to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. So happy to have you on board. Well, Boston College football is 1-0, a 23-20 victory over Northern Illinois. In this week's podcast, I speak with Rich Thompson, the Boston Herald writer who covers Boston College football as we go over all parts of the game, offense, defense, special teams, his final grades. And uh, we discuss the game at length in this podcast. It's a very, very exciting podcast. Stick with us. First, we'll hear from Chestnut Hill Technologies. And also, we bring on board this podcast our new sponsor as well, Stone Loving Pizza. Just open up in Newton Mass, check them out as well. If you'd like to join Chestnut Hill Technologies and Stone Loving Pizza, just email Lights Camera Sports Ads, ADS at gmail.com. That's Lights Camera Sports Ads gmail.com gmail.com. like to remind everybody, too, if you are a Boston College football fan, you should be a member of the largest fan club on the Boston College campus, the Boston College Gridiron Club. Go to bcfootballgridiron.com for more details and to sign up. All right, let's hear from our sponsors, and then we'll go right into the podcast. As always, thanks so much for listening. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC Alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Imaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's
1: Chestnut Hill Technologies. At Stone and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Love's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go eagles hello everybody and welcome back
0: to the lights camera sports podcast presented by chestnut hill technologies i'm mike galtieri so happy to have you on board here and we're very very lucky to have a special guest rich thompson from the boston herald joins us right after the bc's big victory over illinois to go uh 23 to 20 to go 1-0 and 0. so rich thanks so much for joining us here in the podcast as we recap that game
2: it was Great effort, but like I said, there was just there was enough offense, enough good things on offense, enough good plays on defense, and two big special teams plays, and that was enough to come out with a three point victory on the road. and you, know, like I said, you kind of expect an ACC team to, to be better than a Mac team, but the season openers, anything can happen, especially with a, a quarterback that hadn't snapped it down since high school in the game. so
0: yeah, that's that... a
2: real quality win, and it sets up uh, next week's ACC opener uh, against Wake Forest on a very positive note.
0: Were, were you surprised when Anthony Brown got the nod to be the quarterback, as you mentioned? Obviously, Darius Wade has a little more experience uh, going into week yeah, one. No,
2: I, I wasn't. There was, a, there was kind of an informal consensus. I wrote about this uh, yesterday that, that uh, it was going to be Anthony Brown. Uh, Adazio you know, likes Darius Wade. Anybody that meets Darius Wade would like Darius Wade. He's just a, a pleasant young man. And it was a very spirited competition, but there's just much more upside. You're talking about a redshirt freshman who you could have, you know, starting for four years, unless you get so good that the NFL comes calling. But it, it just, it just was the obvious choice in, in a close match that you would go with the young guy and, and see what he can do. And obviously, you know, you get Darius waiting there if things go wrong. So I think, all in all, that was a very smart move by Coach Adazio.
0: Yeah, so Anthony Brown was 26 of 42, 191 yards passing, two TDs, a pick. Uh, overall, how would you evaluate his performance? Seemed like he did rush a couple passes, but he also threw very, very well in uh, and, and other times. It seemed like a typical, you know, a good start from a young person.
2: Yeah, I, I they kept it short and very simple. There was nothing, you know, that wasn't a complicated vertical passing game. A lot of it was short stuff. That's why he had so many completions for so few yards. A lot of it was just dump offs to the backs in the flat. And uh, the linebackers um, at at NIU were really good. That they kind of limited the gains. But uh, the best thing for him to do right now is to bring him along that way. Don't don't expect him to throw bombs. Although if, if you remember that Jeff Smith. Uh, play where it looked like he overthrew him a little bit but Smith had been held so if you just you can spot those long passes but I wouldn't be throwing a lot of those I would keep it in the short intermediate range and use a lot of receivers like he did I think eight guys caught passes uh, which is very good when the other team doesn't know who you're targeting.
0: Yeah and you know that from watching BC years pass it was a you know breath of fresh air, fast-paced offense, a lot of passing. You mentioned the receivers, Michael Walker, five reception, 50 yards. Kobe White, uh, six receptions, 76 yards. It was nice to see the, a little bit of that vertical attack in the offense. Uh, we haven't seen that much in years past.
2: Well, probably not since Chase Reddick to Alex Amidon. Uh, you know, it, it really, they really haven't had that kind of speed on the outside. but. I, I don't know. I just all in all, it, it was a good, solid passing performance. wasn't great, but it was his first one. It, and, and you can see the upside. You can see the improvements will come as the weeks go on.
0: Conversely, were you surprised with the rushing attack? It seemed like they had a tough time going. Uh, it seemed like the Northern Illinois defensive line really stopped B.C. a lot in the backfield and it forced the running backs for B.C., Haleman and company, not to really get anything going.
2: Uh, yeah, you're right. I was just looking at that. Let me just double-check. But I, I, where was it? Yeah, they had 12 tackles for a loss uh, without a sack. So that was all on the... No, no, two sacks. So that was 10 tackles for a loss on the running backs. That, that's phenomenal defense. And uh, I think what happened was a lot of them was when Hilleman was trying to run to the outside. He just couldn't get by. Their linebackers were just too athletic. I thought Hilleman did his best work in between the tackles, and he was good for a couple of first downs that way. And that the way B.C. kept Northern Illinois playing, you know, from collapsing the box is they used about six or seven jet sweeps uh, with their wide, with their wide receivers. Uh, let's see, I was just looking at that. You got uh, Jeff Smith did one, Thad Smith at six of them. Holy cow! Those are all those jet sweeps. Jeff Smith had three, and Yane. Uh, so that's that's ten jet sweeps that they used uh, their their wide receivers on. So that kept. Northern Illinois, from collapsing the box on Hilleman. And uh, it, it kind of worked out well. It was, it was, you could tell it was a really thought-out game plan uh, by, uh, by Coach Adazio and uh, offensive coordinator Scott Loeffler.
0: Yeah, yeah, no question about it. Conversely, though, when you mentioned those stops in the backfield, that ha- makes me a little alarmed by the offensive line. How do you think they, the B.C. offensive line handled game one?
2: Uh, I think they were pretty much they were pretty effective in the second and third quarters uh, as far as pushing you know with with long drives and that's where you kind of base the offensive line. Remember though, it's it's the first you know there's a lot of experience back there, but they do have a new tackle and um, it it takes a while. I mean that's the hardest thing to develop in football is an offensive line. And I thought they played pretty good, not great. I mean I don't know if you saw that snap baker had that went like 20 yards backwards
0: yes yeah i
2: think he might have i might have snapped it before brown was ready or it was just errant i'm not sure but that's the kind of stuff that'll drive coaches crazy but i i don't know i mean i I couldn't like grade them out as a d or anything i'd have to say they're more like a b minus and then i can and i can see upside there i can see that improving too
0: and then let's go the other side of the ball, the defensive side. Uh, Rich, what are your thoughts in general play of Harold Landry, Zach Allen, Connor Strahan, and company? Uh, just your general thoughts on the BC's defense.
2: I thought uh, I thought it was pretty good. I, I thought uh, one of the most important sequences of the game was BC closing out the first half with a touchdown pass to Walker, and then opening the second half with a three and out defensive three and out on Northern Illinois, where I think they got two yards. And I thought that was a very, you know, a positive statement for the uh, the defense. Uh, they were, I would think, three or four chunk plays, and those are the ones that drive Adazio crazy. One was that uh, the quarterback keeper for about sixty-three yards, and the other was that uh, that big pass to Bebe, and then the third one was the uh, what was it, fourth and eighteen, and they converted something crazy like that. So.
0: Yeah, you mean down the stretch? Yeah.
2: Yeah, but other than that, you know, Northern Illinois really didn't have any any major big plays. They just they moved the ball well, but I mean they are a Division One team. It's not like, uh,
0: yeah, they're not playing
2: Maine or uh, you yeah. know. I mean, they're they're, they're actually, they actually they've been the premier program in the MAC for the, in this in this uh, decade. They've been in the championship game six of the last seven years. So this is the best MAC has to offer, and you're playing in their house.
0: Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amage Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at
1: chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's Chestnut Hill Technologies. At Stone Love and Pizza, their mission is simple: to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed, all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Love's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go. Eagles.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's a big thing on uh, a Friday night. Their house. Uh, that that really helps out with BC escaping with that victory as well. How, how would you rate uh, Harold Landry, the first team preseason All-American? Uh, how would you rate his game? He,
2: he, he played very well. You know, he was getting chipped on every play. I mean, he wasn't just one on one against the tackle. He would. He would, if he made any kind of inside or outside move, there was a running back waiting for him there. I mean, that was. Their plan was to, to neutralize Harold Landry and make the other guys beat him. And uh, it kind of pretty much worked that way for him. Uh, you know, Will Harris had 10 tackles. Uh, was I looking at Zach Allen? Had a career high. So if they want to double-tame Landry, they have other guys that can make plays like Connor Strahan and, uh, and Will Harris. And I thought, the, uh, I thought the middle linebacker played pretty well. I mean, that was the whole, the whole key of moving Strahan to the outside. Is if Rich, uh, Max Richardson can play the middle, and he didn't play it as well as Connor could, but he plays it well enough that they can keep Connor in, in Matt Milano's old position and uh, and let him be used in coverage and and, um, and uh, pass rush, which is what he's really betting suited for. I mean, he's only six feet two twenty; he's not a natural middle linebacker by size. Yes,
0: yeah, I, I think that
2: that was a good move, and if Max can hold up the middle. And, and cover a lot of territory. I think that 4-3 scheme will work for them this
0: year. I really like Max's play. He seems like he plays really hard. Big hits and big-time hits as well uh, across the middle there. It seemed like he had a oh, pretty so good you, game. you
2: got to get that from your middle linebacker. You're in
0: trouble. No question. you got be be- to be your hardest hitter. And, uh, Rich, also the third side of the ball, special teams. I thought they did pretty well overall. Uh, you know, Look at Colin Lynchberg, three field goals. the course, the game winner, the 37-yarder. But uh, overall, special teams. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I called to Lichtenberg. It was just great. I mean, uh, last year, if you remember, he missed two field goals in the season opener against Georgia Tech, and he got benched. And Mike Knoll came in and had a very good year. I think Mike was 12 or 14 on field goals. I mean, that's a great percentage. I, you know, I didn't see any hope of him beating out Knoll. Coach Adazio just must have saw something in, in training camp. He went with Lichtenberg, and his hunch paid off. The kid, the kid made it. Field goals and I mean I tell you I was holding my breath on that that game winner I mean cause those are the ones he usually send over to the sidelines and uh, I'll tell you a funny story I was at we were at Duke two years ago and uh, BC lost a heartbreak it was nine to seven Lichtenberg had a short field goal to make that would have made it 109 and possibly won the game and the kick was so bad that the PA announcer said it would have been blocked it had it just that's how it came off his foot? So, he, he, he his resume is very spotty, but he really uh, exercised a lot of ghosts in his game with by going three for three against uh, Northern Illinois.
0: Yes, yes, I remember that Duke game very well as, as well. It was remnants of a hurricane, and uh, yeah,
2: that's right, very right, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I was there as well. I was a I remember BC had a touchdown that was called back, it was it looked like it was a touchdown yeah. in that game. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's yeah, that was a tough break. Anyway,
2: that, 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 this is you know this kid's uh, mindset is, is you know uh, with a place kicker it's all confidence, and uh, right now he, he's, he's got to feel like he's kicking with some confidence because those were really clutch field goals he made, and anytime you can rely on your, your place kicker to kick one in the fourth quarter, if you're confident you can make one in the fourth quarter, you got to stick with him. So you know, hopefully uh, this kid's over the hump and, and he can have a good year.
0: Yeah, it's a nice kid. He's really
2: kid. a nice kid. He's very, very, very smart and approachable kid. So you kind of hope things work out for him.
0: Yeah, you root for guys like that. Hopefully coming home week two, he keeps the confidence going. To also, kick, kickoffs seem pretty good as well. A lot of touchbacks, good coverage on the kickoff play.
2: Oh, it, it's early September. You're not seeing any kind of crazy wind situation or inclement weather. So you, you tend to, to get some, you know. The kicking game can usually work
0: at this time of year. I was shocked, oh. though. It was in the 50s like, last night. I couldn't believe it in Northern Illinois. Yeah. Well, <laughs> last, who knows? Last couple of minutes here, Rich. Uh, what do you take of the, the swings in the game, momentum swings? Do you th- BC went up 20-10. to 10. Do you think Coach Dodger is going to stress at that point, you know, in other games you really got to close the door and not let the other team come in? What was your whole take? This game had some serious momentum swings back and forth.
2: Yeah, there were uh, a couple of them, actually. I thought Lucas Dennis made two very important plays in that game. One was a a pass breakup uh, that would have been a long gain in a first down, and uh, the second was the interception later in the game. I thought those were kind of two, maybe not major momentum swings, but things that that really uh, changed the course of the game a little bit, and – Yeah, as far as, you know, I mean, you you, you can't expect to just, like, go in and dominate a team. As good as BC's defense is, I mean, you're going to have momentum swings. And and I thought their quarterback played well. He called his own number a lot of times, and I think he might have been their leading rusher. I'd have to check that. Uh, Because he had that giant run, and that was a momentum swing. And uh, he he converted a lot of of first downs with his feet. Yeah, he was their leading rusher. He rushed for 99 yards on 12 carries, so you know, I'm not really answering your question well, but there were some momentum swings. But, you know, mostly I think closing out the half with that touchdown pass to Walker was probably the biggest going in. You always want to go in on the road leading at halftime.
0: Yeah, that was a big swing. To score, stop them and score again, that was a nice swing for BC right there as well. And, uh, all right, uh, Rich, so let's just take a wide look. BC 1-0. <clears throat> the, the schedule really heats up now in September with Wake Forest, Notre Dame, Clemson down the road. Just what, what's your whole general outtake now as we uh, really head into the beat of the schedule?
2: Well, if, you, if you're going to have an ACC opener, you couldn't have a better opponent at home than Wake. I mean, that's a team they've beaten fairly regularly, uh, a team they beat last year at the end of the season, ironically, uh, to, to secure ball eligibility. So I think that's probably the most winnable ACC game on their schedule. And, you know, you're talking about a team that, that, that has Florida State, Clemson, and Louisville in their division. And their permanent crossover team is Virginia Tech, all ranked nationally, you know, top 25 teams. So if if you're going to have any kind of success in your season, you've got to beat the Wakes. You've got to beat NC State. You've got to beat Syracuse. And, uh, you know, I think it's – this is a very important game. Get off to a one and zero start in the ACC, build up some confidence, and maybe just maybe you could uh, you could steal one from Notre Dame. And in, boy, if you are going into Clemson three and zero, that's that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, you know it's, it should be exciting, no question. At least last night, one and zero, you you kind of took care of business. Do you have a final grade that you would give BC last night from the, after the performance? Oh, solid B, across
2: the board. Like I said, enough. Enough offense, enough defense, enough special teams. And you put those three together and, you know, there was no major mistakes, no major gaps, no big turnovers at the wrong time. I think their only real drawback was they had some bad penalties at bad times. But that's correctable. Those are mental mistakes. And uh, you should be able to fix that.
0: Well, Rich, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. I give you an A, by the way, for this podcast. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't know. Thanks so much, Rich, for it's an the time. T- yes, hey, yeah. Take care, Mike. All right, well, thank you for the time. We really appreciate it here. Sure. fact, okay. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm, based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Imaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com.
1: That's Chestnut Hill Technologies. At Stone and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Love's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles. Well, thanks so much for
0: listening to the Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. And thanks so much to Rich Thompson of the Boston Herald for taking time to join us to discuss Boston College football. Well, hopefully uh, we will talk to you after BC is 2-0 next week after a big win against Wake Forest. like to remind everybody too if you are a Boston College football fan you should be a member of the largest fan club on the Boston College campus, the Boston College Gridiron Club. Go to bcfootballgridiron.com for more details and to sign up. All right, once again, thanks so much for listening to the Lights, Camera, Sports Podcast. This is Mike Galtieri signing off.